0: Welcome to the Block, and enjoy your stay. Today's episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, and moderation services for live or virtual events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. Please email me at jtsalerno at gmail.com or visit me on LinkedIn to learn more. Greetings, Roomblock podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. Wherever you are listening to this podcast today, don't forget that you can listen and subscribe at roomblockpodcast.com or on any major podcast platform. And just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is by leaving a positive review or share the podcast with others. By doing this, we can encourage more positive and educational conversations within the events and hospitality industry, hopefully contributing to its recovery and future strength. So I'm recording this episode the night before I head to Las Vegas for IMAX 2021. I'm super excited to go, a little nervous as well, because well, I haven't been in four years and I will be attending in a new and very independent capacity as a entrepreneur and no longer with, you know, tied to a company of any sort. But it doesn't matter. I feel like it's kind of a coming out party for this industry of ours, and I just didn't want to miss it. And also, it's an investment into myself and into the future that I'm building for myself. But perhaps most importantly, I'll have a chance to meet so many people that I've only ever seen on a screen, including not only past and future podcast guests, but also a present guest, as in today's guest. Although I have to admit, I'll be surprised if I can even get near this fellow, as I have a feeling he'll be inundated by people who want to not only talk shop with him, but who also just want to experience his aura. Who is this illustrious guest? None other than Will Curran, founder and chief event Einstein of Endless Events, an event production company that people love to work with. I was lucky enough to have Will join me for a conversation in the room block where I had a chance to ask him all about how he became the guy in the event space why people love him and his company so much, and what he's learned from growing Endless Events over the last decade and a half. Excitement and passion absolutely ooze out of Will, so it is no surprise to me that these are two of the six core values of Endless Events. Will seems to love the career and life that he's designed so much that he almost makes it sound easy to do what he does, even though I know it's not. But I have a feeling this episode will show you that while it might not be easy, there are truly endless possibilities to living the kind of life you desire to have. You'll hear from Will that one of his specialties is taking things that seem complex or even impossible and demystifying them. And you'll realize that he has used that skill to create a life of true happiness If you're ready for endless enjoyment, education, and entertainment, keep listening to hear my conversation with Will Curran. Will Curran, welcome to the Room Podcast. I am so pleased to have you with me today. And, you know, I have to just point out that you are, you actually say it on your LinkedIn profile, the guy, who, what is it, the guy you see see speaking (laughs) everywhere about the the future of events, and, and that is true. You are everywhere. And it's funny because I first learned about you, actually not even that long ago, I'll be totally honest, but um, when I took the DES course and I sent you, and you did this fantastic module, and I absolutely loved it. And then a month later, there you were uh, hosting EduCon, PCMA EduCon. So I'm like, all right, like, Will is is obviously, he's everywhere for me in the past month, so.
1: <laughs> Little do you know, I cloned myself completely, uh, and I have like thousands of me just running around. That's the secret.
0: <laughs> oh, well, uh, good. I was, I was wondering, but what I really want to know is why are you the guy that's everywhere? Ooh. What makes you want to be that guy, that guy oh, for the industry?
1: Interesting. That makes me want to be. Well, I think there's like the mix of like what has made me that, and then what, ha- what, um, you know why do i want to do it too so i think the the why i think i i i am that at this point is i don't think i necessarily wanted to i didn't like sit out like when i was in you know in high school when i was starting the dj company i want to be you know the faces of the future of trends in the events industry i want to be a thought leader you know i think it kind of came naturally and i realized that i was kind of naturally good at it Um, i think for a couple reasons first is Uh, I'm I publish a ton of content through endless right Um, and it's not and for everyone knows it's not just will who writes it in fact I have an amazing team who puts all this stuff together um, and really makes endless the thought leader and then I think because I'm naturally the leader I kind of get attached to it in a lot of ways Um, so I think that's one reason why we produce a ton and ton of content I think the second piece is too is that um, I have the energy to kind of like keep up and just keep doing it Um, you know like today I think I have a couple different podcasts that I'm on and it just becomes it comes naturally you know I think we were talking beforehand. I'm like, look, you hit me with whatever you got. I'm happy to talk. And um, I think then the the downside is my like, you know, middle school teachers would say that Will talks too much. So that might be one reason why uh, (laughs) as well. But I think the other piece is that Um, You know, my presentation style, I think, is very – aligns with a lot of event professionals. They love the high-energy aspect of what I'm doing. They love the uh, fact that I'm a little bit more off the cuff. They love that, you know, sometimes I, like, use analogies and kind of, you know, uh, make up stories as I'm going along. And that it's not just this simple, like – Let's talk about, you know, uh, finances. Let's talk about budgeting. No, it's like Will makes this exciting. And like, I think that I've realized that one of my special skills, is I create enthusiasm in other people. And I think people like that enthusiasm. So mm. I think that's kind of why I've ended up getting this kind of position as the guy who's talking everywhere. Um, and then, di- like, what made me want to do that? Well, I think it, it, it took a lot of, like, I think positive feedback from people. I think at the beginning, when I did. In fact, I think it might still be on our endless YouTube page potentially, but some of the first podcasts that I did, you can see that I'm nervous. I don't know. I'm not clear in what I'm talking about. I don't really emphasize the energy. I give kind of short answers. Whereas now I think I've learned how to like build upon multiple questions that someone's asked me and you know, everything like that. So I think that, that I realized that when I started getting that positive feedback of me getting better at this and people are like, I really like this. It made me go, I want to do this more. Um, and then I think the other piece is that I recognize that kind of yeah, unique skills that I had. That you know, my monitor is 49 inches wide. I have like three windows open right now, and I have the ability to look at the chat and think about what my thought is. And my brain thinks so quick that I feel like I'm uniquely positioned to be able to do to speak in this modern era of uh, distraction and um, you know uh, desire for unique piece of content, as as well as uh, more off the cuff um, real content too. So, um, and then I think the last little bit is I enjoy it. I really, I really honestly love doing this. I think that in, in addition to the people finding value in what I do, I just, you get, it's kind of that perfect intersection of it's things that you love to do and things that you're good at and that's your purpose in life. And I think that mm. that's one reason why I think it's my purpose in life.
0: And I, I feel like you found it real early, right? Yeah, I mean, looking yeah. at, looking at when you started endless, I mean, it was like, <laughs> What I mean, Uh, seventeen years.
1: Yeah, yeah. You were uh, seventeen years years old. Yeah, seventeen years old when I did it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay, so so you you always I mean you've always been endless. Then I mean that that has been your career.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's very intertwined into my, my my identity and you know, over the years people have said like, hey, what, what, what do you want to do if you ever like, sell Endless or you know, you, let's say Endless doesn't work out. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I think like Endless allows me to do all the things I love to do um, and it's kind of that perfect vehicle for me to explore new ideas, to continue to learn and grow, to help uh, educate people. And, um, you know, and I've thought about like, what would I do instead? I don't really know what that answer is. So yeah, I think that's one reason why I've like stuck with it now for, yeah. Yeah, f- uh, 15 years now uh, is where we're at
0: well I mean not that <laughs> we want to <laughs> look back at the past couple of years as like you know a- this amazing time but I mean in a way for you I bet it has been I mean like th- the opportunities that have come out from what you can offer I mean you are mm-hmm. providing a service that everybody needs and wants right now like desperately
1: Definitely. Definitely. I I mean, we were, yeah, we were incredibly lucky, you know, like I, I have friends who had companies that were, you know, far less fortunate than we were. Um, and you know, I think we were uniquely positioned again through the content that we had created and all the blog posts and podcasts and things that we did that, you know, when the pandemic kind of broke out, everyone's like, "We, well, now technology is at the forefront and Endless is the leader in event technology. They look to us for all the answers. So we got really, really lucky that we were able to, um, you know, be really, really busy these last couple of years. In fact, we've seen growth through the pandemic rather than retracting. Action, which um, has been great for us, um, but you know, yeah, really, really lucky that we've been able to do that, and uh, extremely fortunate for sure.
0: hmm. Well, I have to admit, looking at your website, and listen, I mean, your team is huge. Like I, was we can not... always get bigger too. <laughs> yes, I, I just wasn't anticipating, it. and and you just you know confirmed. You said you know the content is developed by. You know this team of people, mm-hmm. and and it takes obviously it takes a big team of people to to make something work like what you're doing, but it's impressive, it really is, and you. you've you bring this incredibly fun energy to everything that you're doing so I can see why people definitely want to come to you for the answers you know it's like you're definitely. a breath of fresh air
1: <laughs> it, it's a big part of our culture too I mean like you'll see I always like to joke that people at endless are like clones of will in a lot of ways um, uh, you know like we really excitement and passion is two of our main core values so like I wear those on my sleeve and I think a lot of people at endless do too um, and yeah it's it's always funny too when you talk about the size of the team like people are like wow yeah you have like a pretty big di- decent you know, marketing content market. Marketing team, but they, they also realize like our biggest department is actually our operations department that's actually producing the events. The people who are implementing the software, the people who are executing the audiovisual, the people who are providing event strategy, event creative. Um, that's our biggest team, a part of it. But um, you know, uh, I like to hope that our 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 external um, uh, uh, impression of endless also matches uh, the the team that's able to create the events.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, so I'm curious, you mentioned your extreme energy and your that's mm-hmm. kind of gives you your ability to do what you do and to be everywhere and to talk. What does your average day look like? Do you have like a special morning routine or you know, anything <laughs> like that to give you that boost?
1: Yeah, I think definitely uh, since the pandemic, uh, you know, we've been remote for seven, eight years now or so. Um, So we've been remote for a long period of time. So this is like routine of kind of working from home, working wherever has been a big part of what we do. But especially since the pandemic, I've been traveling less. I used to be out at client meetings all the time. I would sometimes just pick up and go to Ireland because I wanted to work there for the week, right? But the pandemic has definitely forced me to be more of a homebody. So definitely routine and habit has become so huge uh, part of me. So yeah, I can kind of like outline what my typical day looks like. So um, my alarm's set for like 6 a.m. every day. now that we're getting towards winter and the sun's going to be rising a little bit uh, later, it'll probably push it back because I like to wake up with the sun. Um, wake up, uh, work out. I have a Peloton, so shout out to all my Peloton riders out there. Woo-hoo. Um, that I like it because it's got the music and all the fun stuff, but work out, um, you know, sometimes not work out, let's be honest, and then <laughs> like, you know, hop in the shower, get ready for the day, wake up and not like immediately jump on my phone. I try to avoid like answering Slack messages. My team's global, so I wake up a lot of times to people who had been working for the last couple hours already or you mm-hmm. know, sometimes they had been working for many hours. It's the end of their day. Um, so I try to avoid answering Slack messages but like ease into the day. Usually around like 8 a.m. or so, I start kind of answering some Slack messages, jumping in some conversations, thinking about what I'm doing. My whole weeks are very, very planned out. I have very stringent schedules as far as when my meetings are and everything like that. So I'm not usually walking into a day not knowing what's going to happen. I'm very planned out. I'm very methodical as far as what's needed. Um, Unless one of my teammates is like, hey, there's been a fire. We need to talk about it a little bit more. But that usually presents itself usually midday or end of the day. And then, yeah, I spend a lot of time in meetings. My, my main job is to meet with people because I essentially have – to most external people would be call a CEO role I'm the chief event, Einstein endless events. Um, but you know, kind of CEO role is my goal is basically meeting with my leadership team, helping them out, helping them execute the vision of what we're trying to do, making sure we're all clear, helping them problem solve, helping unblock them. So I spent a lot of time in meetings. And then I think the other piece of the day is uh, a, a lot of like content creation, podcasts, videos, um, you know, working with the content team to give them ideas, Um, that's where I spend a lot of my time. Um, and then, yeah. And then usually by the end of the day, I'm very like a nine to five guy, actually. Like we very much try to like limit the amount of work that we're trying to do. Um, I'm not the guy who's like working until 9 PM Slack messaging people. Um, so usually by five o'clock or so, I'm starting to wind down finish up some projects, finish up to do's. And then usually by the end of the day, I'm doing some activity like board games or going to see the newest movie in theaters, um, things like that, really trying to create. So I like have breaks along the entire day or entire week rather than trying to wait for like some two week vacation. Um, But what you'll you'll find a lot of times is that while I, don't try to like work insanely long hours, like 10, I don't try to work 10, 11 hour days. I, I tend to get really excited over the weekend and that's why I do my research. That's when I like look at, you know, different ideas. That's why I'm watching a lot of videos. I'm thinking about things. Um, so I tend to get kind of excited over the weekend thinking about things, but in more of like a research and uh, development kind of uh, phase more than anything. So. So, yeah, okay. that's what kind of the normal uh, day in the life of Will looks like. Lots of lots of uh, Google Meet and Zoom meetings.
0: <laughs> I Well, yes. <laughs> I <bet. laughs> yeah, but I like that. I mean, I think that that's something important for people to hear is that you know, you're know you not forcing these 10, 12 hour days because um, you're not going to work.
1: It you doesn't. Can't, you can't it keep sustain you
0: the level, right?
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, th- I'll say there are some days where you're like, you know, uh, I remember like pre-pandemic when I was on-site events, I had long days. Sometimes, you know, you have a day where you're just so you're so energized. But I want it to be a choice rather than a force, and I think that's a big part of what we try to build at endless culture. Sometimes it doesn't work out perfectly. There's busy seasons just as equally as everybody else. Sometimes there's fires that we have to put out. But um, I think just always saying that expectation of like we want to make sure that no one's getting burnt out and then we have a healthy work-life balance.
0: Oh, well, that is extremely refreshing, <laughs> especially <laughs> in this industry, because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people wear uh, a badge of busyness. Mm-hmm. So um, and I, and that's that's changing. I, I do feel like a lot of people are talking about not doing that. And but it, it is hard to shed that, I think, for a lot of people.
1: Oh, completely, completely. In fact, we, we did a whole episode. We have a podcast called Event Brew where we basically like, uh, it's kind of like the view for the events industry. We talk kind of crap about what people aren't talking about, right? We tell it how it really is, right? We're like, I think we're the only explicit podcast on Apple Podcasts for the events industry. Nice. <laughs> um, but one of our my favorite episodes is it was like episode two, I think we talked about how like event professionals love talking about how busy they are and asking how busy other people are. And like you said, like, I think it, it, it fills completely into that persona of most stressful job in the world. And if you're not busy, right? Like when in reality, like I, I'm going to love a day when we go to event professionals and say like, yeah, how are you doing? They're like, Oh, it's been great. I have incredible work life balance right now. I'm not stressed at all. I, I work on two events a year. I feel really good. My team's doing great. Right. Rather than being like, ah. <laughs> all the time right
0: I know I know I mean it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy right I think we all read that <laughs> the most stressful job d- yes. description and said all right well I guess we're in it so definitely, well, definitely. good I'm glad that you're trying to uh, bust those those perceptions and trying oh, to yeah, yeah. try to
1: like make a great place to work that's one of our big goals for sure
0: well so you mentioned your weekends and that's kind of when you get jazzed mm-hmm. up and you, you like look into research so like what is it about this industry that excites you
1: well i think i definitely you know i'm definitely a people person when you look at my like disc profile it's you know uh, i'm a high i high interpersonal followed by high d i'm like basically the perfect entrepreneurial salesperson that's ever been created right and i think that interpersonal side of things makes me love being at events i loved you know, when I was growing up, I loved, you know, trying to figure out uh, how can you utilize things beyond just like just bringing people together, but like how can you also, and this is where the kind of technology, production, creative strategy piece came in, but how can you use these sort of elements to be able to create awesome events? And I think one of the things that I love about the events industry is that there's no perfect exact way to do things. And so uh, I think that whenever I'm looking for, to like, how can we make events awesome? There's no like, well, here's the FAA's guideline for how you exactly have to do an event and all these things like that. But there's this like creativity that flows through everything that we do. Um, so I think that's one of the pieces is that there's a lot of heavy creative, creative elements. And while, you know, sometimes I think not having a playbook and, you know, there being so much freedom in the events industry, I also think I like that piece of it too, that we're always evolving and trying to figure out how to do things differently. I think the other piece that I love about the events industry is that they're like, I don't know about you, but I love the element of that there's a deadline coming up. There's like this kind of like rush you get when you're on site at an events. And I hardly ha- get to work on site anymore, uh, mainly because I have an amazing team who does a way better job than I would ever do. Um, but I think one of the things I love about it is you're on site and there's this like element of this all coming together. And I've, I've kind of found that, like, my unique skill in a lot of ways is kind of taking complex things and demystifying, right? It's the the mission statement of our company is to create the equation and take this complex thing out, that is events and make it really simple. But I love that some people look at events and they go, I have no idea how this ever got done or how did you pull that off or how did you you know take this really stressful moment of this perfect cue that had to be executed? And how did you make that all happen? Um, and just knowing like yeah we got this you know being kind of stoic about it I think that's one thing I really love about the events industry um, and then I think the other thing too is the the diver- diversity for sure the diversity of getting to do different things all the time um, the, the ability for you know it's not just oh hey I make widgets and that's the only thing I do I don't make one single product and almost that you know this is the biggest pitfall of a lot of service-based companies is that almost every single time you do it, it's a little bit more unique. And while that sometimes is frustrating, you as an entrepreneur, you want to create systems and processes to make everything like perfectly consistent all the time. I, I really love that, you know, we get to look at every single client's problems and say like, how can we uniquely solve this? Maybe it's a similar solution we've done before, but no exact thing is perfectly alike. Um, and I think that, that, that's one thing I really love too, is that you, that's where again, you can take that creativity, you can take that, put it all together. And then again, yeah, make it really simple for everybody. So that's definitely, I think where I get really, really excited about the events industry.
0: Well, it's like a continuous chance to problem solve. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people get really jazzed about that. And like the people who are inherently problem solvers. I mean, they're you're a unique bunch because Mm -hmm. you look at a problem and you're just like, cool. Well, there's a solution. Let's just go find it (laughs) instead of looking at it and being like, I don't know what to do. And you freeze and you're just like, freak out
1: totally that's definitely I think a unique like a event professional thing for sure is that like yeah the like we're all basically professional problem solvers in a lot of ways and I love problem solving so yeah exactly well
0: you know and there's also the reward of you get to be that guy (laughs) that guy who like you know who saves the day a little bit right so
1: totally totally there's a favorite quote I love Um, there's a movie called Groove it was like an independent kind of indie film but I found out because one of my friend's dads uh, knew I was really getting into electronic music in middle school and he shows this movie Groove and I highly recommend any event professional watch this movie uh, especially if you like electronic music you'll especially love it yeah but basically there's this organizer and his name's Ernie and um, you know he he says the 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 co-organizer says to him he says you know so why do you do this you know you risk playing this underground rave where you can get arrested people can get hurt things can go wrong you can lose a bunch of money there's basically everything's against you right so why why do you do it Ernie says uh, you wait you, you don't you don't know why He's like, no, why? He's like, I do it for the nod. And I'm like, he's like, what? What, what, What's the nod? He's like, every party, someone comes up to me and says, thanks for doing this. You changed my life. You know, I appreciate you doing this. And then they nod. And I nod back. And I think that's a huge part of like what event professionals I at least love to do. And I've always resonated with that quote that yeah, like you get to be that guy that get to help create that moment, even just for like one person. You know, I think that's a pretty special thing. Um, So yeah, so definitely if you haven't seen that movie, go check it out if you've ever resonated with that as well.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think again, that's just a, a unique, very, very cool position to get to be in. So you mentioned that you like electronic music. And so you do have a history. Oh, and that's how the company started, right? Through a yep. DJ. Yeah,
1: DJing. Yeah, yeah. You want the you want the whole story? You want the story? You want the back the back end? What are you Give thinking?
0: us give us a brief ba- a brief back end.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cuz it is interesting. Yeah. So, I, and and there's a there's I eventually need to publish it as like a very well-produced video of this story of like Will from 17 to like the point where I was like 22, 23 or so, cuz that was really like when I grew it and yeah, started basically I loved electronic music. Uh, I was very lucky that I got exposed to it at an early age when it was not popular. It's very underground. And um, I basically started an internet radio station, which is kind of like um, back in the day on iTunes, you could like literally tune into radio stations and they just, you didn't get to choose what music played. It was all controlled. And, you know, I, I, I thought that was so cool and I wanted to experiment with the technology. So I created an internet radio station and primarily with electronic music and it had a mix of everything from, you know, um, trance to house, to dubstep, to drum and bass, like everything in between. And, um, I basically used as my chance to share electronic music experiment with the technology. Well eventually it kind of started growing to the point where it cost me money to have servers and things like that. It wasn't like Mm. today where you literally can go and live stream on Facebook for completely free. Stuff used to cost lots of money at bandwidth. So I did the NPR model, begged for money every month to hope it keep it up going. That obviously was not sustainable. So at the time, though, I had a little bit of money saved up also, so building websites on the side. I, was, I naturally was a web designer before I became a DJ. So um, I had a little bit of money. I basically decided to buy a DJ in a box kit and become just a bedroom DJ, essentially. Um, and it was, again, not a desire to create events or make money. It was just, I wanted to DJ and listen to music and things like that. Well, eventually a friend said, hey, I heard you're a DJ. Want to DJ my backyard party? Got paid to DJ a backyard party. Had no idea what popular music was. I only knew electronic music. And, it, and the rest is kind of history from there. So, uh, and, and there's a much deeper story. And there's so many laughs and so many mess-ups along the entire way. But, yeah, it all started with, you know, just me being really fascinated with electronic music. It's starting as a DJ company, typically a DJ company and adding in production and realizing that was really popular. We focused on, like, teen events and high school and college events, and that's where I learned how to to build a line array, how to program moving headlights, everything like that. And then eventually realizing that, you know, uh, that it was really hard for us to expand outside of Arizona at that time was where I started the company. So we were like, well, we want to keep growing. So what's the next step? And it was like, hey, let's start moving into corporate events. And then we kind of took everything we learned from hiring production companies and built a production company ditched all the entertainment stuff, ditched all the DJing. And it's a very similar story, I think, to a lot of DJs, but realizing that like production was where our passion was and where we were really good, again, about making things complex and making them really simple. When people were like, what the heck is a Lico 36 degree? They're like, I don't care. I just want to make sure my speakers look good on stage. Um, we basically realized that a lot of production companies were more fascinated with the technology and we were more fascinated with creating great experiences and using the technology to enable those great experiences. And... That's essentially how kind of endless was born um again i can do like a, I have an hour long like presentation i give to high school <laughs> and college kids that explain how i started this in high school and grew it uh, during college and stuff but that's the long that's the long story short
0: <laughs> it is a very fascinating story i'm sure the the whole version maybe we'll do a follow-up episode yes
1: it's it's hilarious it's so funny i am i was the, the things i like i i learned and you know helped fuel me for where i am now for sure <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I'll ask you this. What is the greatest lesson of all of it? Like, what is one oh. of the biggest things that you, your biggest takeaway from growing this company?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, like this company has defined me in a lot of ways, right? Like, you know, I think I, I learned how to communicate with people through this company. I learned how to lead people. I learned how to sell. I learned how to market. I learned how to balance finances. I learned how to do print or share, how you systematize. So it's very much like, I think... <laughs> Me as a person would be totally different if this company didn't exist for sure. So to pick one's really, really hard, but I'm gonna try to go for it. <laughs> um, biggest lesson I think I've learned. I think the biggest lesson I learned is that you don't have to fit into the status quo of what everyone thinks that you have to do. If that's one thing that I constantly remind myself to, that you know, when I was first starting the company, my dad was like, you need to get a real job, you know, and all these things like that. My parents are insanely supportive, so I, I don't have, ever doubt them. I, the reason I was able to start a company was because they were just like, yeah, go for it. But when my dad was like, yeah, you need to pay your bills, you're about to graduate high school, and all these things like that, he's like, get a real job. Right. Um, but luckily, I think what I realized is constantly, whenever people were saying like, here's how you need to do this. You need to like, get a real job, was what my dad said, and eventually changed his mind when I started making a lot of money. Then when I, you know, got involved at ASU Entrepreneurship Entrepreneurship, I heard a lot of mentors telling me how I needed to build the company and I remember listening to them And then getting criticized for having lack of vision and not lack of passion towards my vision and I realized I was like Well, that's because I'm listening to what other people are telling me to do versus leading with where I want to go and what kind of company I want to build But then I think like I remember when we decided to go remote eight years ago And we were telling people like hey, we're gonna get rid of our office and they go an event production company not having an office like I'm not gonna give you my business. Or uh, wh- why do you not own an office? Like, And then realizing that I just had to communicate better on why that was important. And my gosh, now looking in 2021, to say like you don't have an office, like people would be, if you said to people, oh, you have an office, they'd be like, why do you spend all that money when everyone can just work from home, right? <laughs> right. And, it, and And I think the big part of it is just that I always constantly kind of led with where I wanted to do. And you have the ability that no matter what, you always have the ability to design your business, your life, or whatever it may be to be able to maximize happiness. And I think that's a big lesson for everybody who listens, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is that if you're going to decide that, hey, I don't like my job, I don't wanna go back to the office, You have to remember that you're in control of your life and in control of what you want to do. And you have the ability to get whatever you want to do. just depends on how hard you're going to work for it, if you're going to sacrifice for it, whatever it's going to look like. But you're capable of doing anything that you want to do, and you can get there uh, 100%. And I think that was one of the best things that I learned. And, you know, um, while advice is really good from people, and sometimes they, they, they come at it with saying, hey, here's my suggestion on what to do listen to those who speak from experience and then ultimately use that experience and advice that you get to then instead go through the filter of what you want to do and make that happen.
0: I think that's incredible and you're lucky that that must have been something you learned early on. I really only learned that lesson in the past year oh. <laughs> to be honest you know and it's yeah, yeah. but it's to, to actually realize that there's there's a box that doesn't Mm -hmm. need to exist around you and what Mm -hmm. you want to do. I mean, it's so freeing. So, I mean, I think that's just very cool that you've taken your whole career and, and worked it that way.
1: Yeah, if 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 I can give a shout out to my parents since I jokingly said how my dad wanted me to get a real job, I think they also <laughs> one thing that they incredibly did, and it t- honestly took maybe till three four years ago that I recognized this. Right, like I'm still pretty young, so you know I'm building my relationship with my parents and reflecting how how great parents they were, uh-huh. you know. But then and, you know in high school and in college, you think you're like, oh, you know, like they were terrible. They leave won't leave me alone. I blah, blah. whatever. Yeah. Right now I look back and I said the one I think the greatest thing that they ever did for me it was probably one of the best gifts they ever gave me is they said whatever i had an idea of what i wanted to do they always 100% supported it and my greatest example of this is that we were looking at moving houses at some point my parents love like looking at houses and all that stuff and they were looking at this one house and at that time i had like a wwe like wrestling like obsession right i watched the shows i played the video games i was like really into it right like i think i was like 8 or whatever 6 or 7 sure. and And they – you know, my mom – I was like, mom, we should build a wrestling rink in the backyard at this new house. My mom was like, okay, cool. We'll find out like the specs of it. And she like helped me draw it out and she helped me think about the materials. And, you know, like – this was a great example of some one of those like phase things that was going through as a kid. But my mom let me explore the idea, and she knew that like within a month or whatever it is, I was going to have something new. I was going to be into ATVs, or I was going to be into you know computers or the iPod that came out, or something like that. But she always, whenever I wanted to do something, my parents sacrificed you know working hard or you know um, you know sacrificing sometimes their own dreams to be able to allow me to explore these ideas. And I think what it did is it always taught me that no matter what I wanted to do, I could do it. It. and it could be possible. And I didn't feel limited by the external world or my own beliefs and that I can make that happen. And in fact, when I first became a DJ and I said like, Hey, I want to buy this. Like, uh, I think I want to buy my first set of like professional speakers. It was like $800. I only had 400. And my dad was like, Hey, like, I can help you buy this. I'll spot you the extra 400, but you need to pay me back by this XYZ. Well, I bought those speakers and within like a month, I made enough money to pay him back. So it taught me that like, hey, I'm going to help you pursue this vision of what you want to do. But, you know, there is Like my parents weren't like, hey, I'll buy you a Lamborghini any day. You know, right. I, I was kind of mi- middle class at the time. And, you know, I think though they taught me that like, hey, we're not going to stop you from going after what you want to do. And. I think that really enabled me to have this grander vision of what I want to do.
0: I love that. And as a parent of two young ones, uh, I'm going to remember that. And <laughs> and I hope I can do the same for my own kids because Me too. Look at what it's taught you. I mean, it's it's just it's endless, (laughs) endless, you know, endless possibilities really is that's That's what it reflects, I think. So maybe is that why you named your company Endless Events? (laughs) Uh,
1: No, actually uh, the quick side story, it came from, uh, we had a whiteboard in our college, like uh, the college entrepreneur program I had, we had a whiteboard, I was looking to rebrand and uh, people wrote ideas and uh, one of our our good friends, Michael Hunter came up with the idea of Endless Summer Entertainment is what we call ourselves and we were focusing still on DJing at the time. Ah. And he was like, I was like, wow, I love that name. Like, you know, we're doing teen events. Summer's great. Free time, you know. Oh, man, it's like it's – but then I thought about it. I was like, man, summers in Arizona are terrible. I won't want an endless Phoenix summer. Oh, my like, gosh. So we're like, <laughs> let's just drop the word summer and call it Endless Entertainment. I came up with the logo that we still have today. Um, and then eventually we call ourselves Endless Entertainment. But then, year, you know, very quickly realized we didn't want to do entertainment anymore. And we dropped the word entertainment and focused just on events in general. And that's kind of where the name kind of came from. So –
0: That's very cool. I love it. I love it.
1: Thanks.
0: Well, you are a very fascinating individual, and I'm so pleased to have had the chance to speak with you today, hear a little bit about your story. There's obviously so much more to your story. So I look forward to learning more as time goes on. But I want to leave with one final question for you, and I'm giving all my guests now a chance to issue either a compliment or a complaint Mm. and when i say complaint Mm. i don't mean you have to don't have to get angry at somebody (laughs) but just from the standpoint of a complaint is a gift right so an opportunity
1: totally totally Oh my gosh, this is like such, this is probably one of the best podcast questions I've ever been asked. I'll, I just gotta, so I'll give you a quick compliment as I transition to it. And um, Thank you. I think uh, I'm very much a positive person. So I think that if you wanna hear my complaints, you gotta go check out Event Brew, which is one of our podcasts where I complain yes. and sometimes rant in the context. But I think for this one, I'll, I'll give a compliment for sure. And I um, I don't do this enough. Um, and I can always do more and more and more of this is I wanna compliment my team. And I hope that someone from my team is listening to this. So this is for you. Um, I My team is just absolutely, absolutely incredible. I think that um, they're a big reason why we're able to accomplish incredible events. They're a reason why we have a 100% NPS score with our clients, which is like client satisfaction. They're the reason why you see all this amazing content. Um, well, you know, I'm on, I'm the one speaking on the podcast and things like that. Oh, I mean, my gosh, they're the ones who make everything happen 100%. So I'll give a compliment out to my team. They're the ones who crush it every day. Um, and they're just amazing to work with. And they're why I love uh, the events industry too. It's my team for sure.
0: Mm. Well, it's I think that's so awesome that you just did that and said that and complimented your team. Um, everybody likes to hear that they're doing a wonderful job and that they are making it happen for the success Definitely. of the company. So like that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, but also, will you tell us where we can find you and, and where people can find Endless and you know how do we how do we learn more about Will and the company? Definitely.
1: Definitely. If you want to learn more about Will, uh, it's pretty easy. It's just my name, willcurran.com. I have all my links to my social on there. Um, There's also some information to understand what kind of books I like to read, music I like to listen to, where you can check out my vlog. Good place to like if you want to learn about Will there. But honestly, if you're in the events industry and you haven't heard about me, skip Will for now. Go check out Endless, helloendless.com. We have a blog that publishes five blogs a week. We have three podcasts that release weekly. We do webinars. We have a YouTube channel that publishes content every single day. Uh, what else do we do? We do like, eh, There's so many resources on eBooks, calculators, templates. We, we just try to educate as much as we can in the events industry and kind of what we talked about in the beginning go there. So many awesome resources. And if, if you enjoyed listening to me a little bit, the Event Brew podcast is a great place to hear my opinions. Um, we also have two other podcasts, the Event Icons podcast, which is all about uh, interviewing icons in the events industry, and then Event Tech podcast, which is where we nerd out on tech and kind of the future trends outside and inside the industry when it comes to technology. So yeah, that's kind of the, the good places to go. And hopefully uh, you'll see me at a, a speaking event or a webinar soon and say hello uh, to me when you're there. And I, you know, I love meeting new people
0: excellent well thank you so much will It's such a pleasure to have you on you're amazing it's very fun and fun to watch so <laughs> <laughs> thank you they're missing so out
1: because you get to see me but that but everybody else uh, just has to listen to me in this one <laughs> thank you so much jen
0: thank you